Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Dr. Allison Arwady is no longer commissioner of the Chicago Department of Public Health. The Johnson administration dismissed the city's top doctor late Friday. Arwady became the permanent commissioner of the department just before COVID swept the nation. While many hailed her handling of the pandemic, there was some pushback against her decision to loosen restrictions, to reopen public schools during the Delta wave, and to not reopen mental health clinics. We talked with Chalkbeat Chicago Bureau Chief Becky Vivi, who covered Arwady's arrival and tenure. And we started by getting Becky's initial reaction to this firing. You know, I was scrolling after putting my kids to bed and saw this news. And the first thing I did was text uh, Christian Schorsch, a WBEZ reporter, who we spent many uh, years during the pandemic in the trenches together covering the pandemic and wrote to her and said, dang, and certainly the end, <laughs> end of an era. Exactly. And, <laughs> and um, you know, we, we kind of texted back and forth. And it definitely did feel like the end of an era. because yeah, you've this been covering was, Dr. Arwady for a long time. Yeah. And really, I mean, I when I was covering City Hall, um, when Mayor Lori Lightfoot was elected, she was... Um, She basically was the chief medical officer under Rahm Emanuel's administration, and she took over for um, Julie Morita, who was the head of the Department of Public Health under Rahm Emanuel, and became an acting commissioner. And actually, at the beginning of Lightfoot's term, before the pandemic hit, um, her confirmation hearings were kind of tense and fraught and um they were they were really one of the most difficult confirmation hearings for any of Lightfoot's picks. Really? Um yeah, because you had new city council members, new aldermen who had run on sort of a a, a push to reopen mental health clinics and Arwoody was seen sort of as like an insider during the Rahm Emanuel administration and mm-hmm. so she when Lightfoot said, okay, instead of making, I actually want her to be my commissioner, not just the acting or interim person. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And her her appointment, she did, she, she did not get approved that fall. I think it was January of 2020 when her um, appointment finally went through the and council. And we know what happened just a couple yes, short months after that, exactly. which we'll dig into here. But uh, I'm curious your take on this because her firing, it came after the Chicago Board of Health wrote a letter to Mayor Johnson asking for already to, to stay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Board of Health, they must have seen this coming, no? Well, right. And I think, um, you know, that letter also didn't, you know, it talked about what they wanted to see in a leader, period. Um, it wasn't necessarily only, you know, please keep Dr. Arwady, but um, that we need somebody who can guide this department. I mean, let's just set the stage nationally during the pandemic, you saw health commissioners, public health officials all over the country resign or leave. Um, you saw vacuums in these departments. That's right. All over the place. And so Arwady was really an outlier in the sense that she stayed 
put and steadied the ship here in Chicago. Yeah. Um, I mean, she outlasted Dr. Ngaze Ezeke, who was the Illinois Department of Public Health director, um, who also lasted quite a long time. Um, but, you know, Arwady really was an outlier. But it was not entirely surprising, given Mayor Brandon Johnson's rhetoric on the campaign trail. It was pretty clear that he yeah. was, you know, he was she was one of those that he was not intending to and that they didn't see eye to eye Correct. for sure. Let's let's go back, though, to the beginning of the pandemic, which we've both touched on a bit. The fact that she started sort of right then. Yep. And, you know, things were were, were tense. What, what were those initial months like? And, and just kind of maybe remind us of some of her accomplishments over the last few years. Well, so those initial months, obviously, again, there was so much uncertainty. We knew um, nothing. People knew. Yes, we knew we nothing. We knew nothing, but wanted so many answers from this woman. Exactly. And I will say, um, although I bristled at it a little bit as a reporter, you know, she got up on Facebook and started these Q&A sessions uh, weekly and was answering questions that were, you know, as silly as like, you know, how many particles get through a cloth mask versus an N95? You know, they, they were very, um, there were a lot of questions and a lot of misinformation, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, you know, I think at that time, she was trying to, again, step into this role as a local public health official, um, trying to navigate through a very fraught political environment yeah. and a time of really complete uncertainty. How did she handle the misinformation piece? You know, I I think that she did a pretty good job. I would also say pre-pandemic, like when I think back to the budget hearings when she was acting commissioner and her her even her confirmation hearings, she is a she is a talker and she will um she will go very deep into wonk land with you if you if you let her. And um so I think that it was not surprising to me that she was very comfortable with like, sure, let's go on Facebook Live and answer questions. Um because she was always kind of um, preached a little bit of that transparency, even when she butted heads with Alderman about mental health clinics, like she would get up on the dais and explain herself for, you know, people had to cut her off to ask another question because she would just keep talking. Yes, I, um, I remember. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so how much do you think we can separate Arwady's actions um, from then Mayor Lightfoot's priorities? Yeah. So again, this is one of those things where it's I feel like a lot of people look at her as like and and I will say like Johnson's administration and during let's talk about like we can talk in a minute about school reopening. But there are a lot of people who disagreed with um, some of the guidance that she gave around, you know, reopening restaurants and bars, for instance, or, um, you know, the mitigations in place versus like they weren't enough of there weren't enough mitigations. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that it's a little bit. She was also operating in a in an environment where, yes, the mayor did have the final say. Um, there were also executive orders from the state government and from the governor and even guidance from the feds that, like, you know, trickling down, there's only she had to work within some fencing, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so I think that I would caution people to not necessarily think about her legacy only as like hers individually because she was operating under an administration and at the end of the day that's where the buck stopped um yeah so that's a good reminder um, yeah, yeah. it, it kind of depends on the decision you're asking about true 
So Brandon Johnson, he first said he intended to fire Dr. Arwady in March uh, when he was running for mayor. He was actually talking to me mm-hmm. on stage at a forum that was held, uh, hosted by WBEZ and the Sun-Times. This was days before the runoff. Let's hear what he had to say. We have different views of, of public health. And so, uh, no, she will not stay on in my administration. We know that he later softened his language on this, Becky. Why do you think he took the stance so early, though, before even winning the election? He wasn't Um, actually mayor yet. Right. Well, and I think a lot of that, again, goes back to pre-pandemic. This was a person. So Dr. Arvidi is a person who I think many people saw as an insider who agreed with and represented the decisions made by the former administration uh, regarding mental health clinics closing. So when Rahm Emanuel closed mental health clinics, obviously that wasn't a, a decision made by Dr. Arwady at all. She was a you know a mid-level staffer in the CDPH at that time. Um, but I think that Brandon Johnson's base remembers that and wanted those mental health clinics to, to be reopened. And um, they remembered the times... Um, during her confirmation hearings when she really defended the decision and that didn't sit well with them. And so I think he, you know, came out and he said that, you know, she they don't see eye to eye and they wouldn't see eye to eye. Mm -hmm. And so that she would be leaving. But I think that it's a lot more complex than that. And I think um, when you look at the state of sort of the public health landscape in Chicago um, over many years, it is it is really a public private partnership, um, and I think that that Arwady operated that department with a lot of um, sort of um, how, how do I say this like the, looking at the reality versus like what could be what could be you okay. know and yeah. I don't think she was ever you know going to be like okay well we're going to reopen all of them and, and staff them with public nurses like that was never a, a statement she she made or yeah. or believed in like she had an approach to the public health landscape that was um, not not that. Yeah. Well, let's hear from from Allison Arwady. She sat down last night for her first interview since her firing. This is a, a little bit of her remarks with uh, NBC. You know, at the end of the day, I'm actually a little bit proud to now have joined the ranks of the hundreds of public health leaders who ultimately lost their jobs for making data-driven decisions during COVID. Uh, And I, again, I want this mayor to be successful, even now. So there are reports that Mayor Johnson fired her without meeting with her first. Uh, In a news conference yesterday, he actually declined to respond to those claims Mm -hmm. when reporters were asking. He declined to respond to whether the Chicago Teachers Union had any influence on the decision. Yet here we hear her say, you know, I'm proud. I'm proud of the work I did. So give me your, your take on that, the fact that she still finds pride in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I think... Because it could be messy. Yeah, it could be messy. And it sounds like there were some questions about kind of how it was handled. But I've covered covered a few of these transitions now, and I think it is not unusual or surprising for a new mayor to come in and replace people. And actually, I think Dr. Arwady in her interview with NBC5 actually kind of also made that clear that, like, she wasn't sure she was going to stay on anyway. She was, like, thinking about transition planning anyway. And um, uh, I think I think the question now is a little bit more, like, what does she do? 
you know, what what does the next person do as they step into this role? And I should note that the the number two, the chief medical officer, the person, the role that already filled before she became the commissioner, right. um, that person has also resigned. So you do have a bit of a vacuum of leadership that I think is now putting a big question mark in in the Chicago government landscape you, of what you, are you going to do with yeah. this department? And I will also note that you know the public health department for years prior to the pandemic was sort of like a little-known department that people didn't really pay attention to. Um, did COVID a lot of like, as, I mean, yeah, you know. I mean, we were we really talking now, to infectious disease specialists before COVID, you know, on, on this sort of well, they like scale. They, they certainly existed and they did a lot of work of out of the public eye um, behind the scenes that people didn't pay attention to. They did a lot of, you know, they flu were clinics thrust and, in the spotlight with this pandemic. Exactly. And and they also saw a huge influx of funding, uh, funding from the federal government. So that so, department is has gone through a lot of change already and has really kind of grown. And I think the question now is, with a vacuum of leadership, what does... Okay, so Johnson doesn't agree with or see eye to eye with Arwady um, or, you know, potentially the chief medical officer who's now resigned. Mm-hmm. Like, who is the kind of person he's going to put in that place? Is it going to be an insider, somebody from the ranks within the department? Is it going to be somebody from the outside? Is it going to be somebody from another city? And again, there are a lot of public health professionals, like Arwady says, that left during the pandemic. Yeah. Left the profession altogether because of sort of the politics of and it all. And now we're kind of seeing that again, right? Uh, so in its message to Mayor Johnson, the Chicago Board of Health outlined what it wants to see in, in candidates being considered for the next health commissioner. They were talking about qualities like uh, experience with racial equity and commitment to transparency. Mm-hmm. What do you expect for the search for Chicago's next health commissioner? Uh, that's a really great question and one that I am I'm not sure I'm equipped to answer because I don't know exactly how um, how they'll approach it. Um, I do think that the Johnson administration, uh, with all of their picks right now, they are taking kind of a, well, we want to talk to a lot of people and see if they align with our vision mm-hmm. and then put someone in place who matches the vision. Um, and again, I, I'm not sure that that's going to be somebody who comes from within the department. Perhaps it is. Um, and I would imagine there are going to be a lot of conversations being had uh, over the next coming weeks. My big question is going into, you know, we're getting, they're in, they're sort of going to head into budget season here in the city, mm-hmm. uh, city council. And it, it, it will be very interesting to see how they you know who who fields all those questions and how that department and the the budget hearings around that department and the future of that department what will that look like because i can't imagine that they'll have a permanent replacement who is both picked and confirmed ahead of october when they do hearings Ooh, for that for that, that timeline budget. When, so when it's you tight. Yeah, exactly that. so they'll be going through essentially a, a budget process probably without a permanent leader be interesting to watch becky vivi is the bureau chief of chalk beach chicago thank you so much thanks so much sasha This episode of Reset was produced by Michael Liptrot, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather and Linnea Dominic. Get the news, politics, and culture happening in Chicago by subscribing to our podcast. We post episodes every morning and afternoon, Monday through Friday, with a bonus episode of Something Fun on Saturdays. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you this afternoon.
If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.